Thank you, Austin. That was amazing. I feel rather emotional. I don't know about you, but it's overwhelming to me that it was my sin, my sin that did that to him. So I'm watching the young people and Jesus going through his passion, and I'm thinking it's my sin that did that to him. It's nothing he did. It's our sin. I've had a lot of people ask me over the, over the years, I mean, why did it have to be done that way? I don't know. All I know is that God loved us and wanted a relationship with us. And each of us has done things that have separated us from that relationship. And it starts so early. I mean, we, any of you who have been around children, you see, what's their first word? It's usually no. And then probably the third or fourth or fifth word is mine. And sadly, it doesn't change. As we get older and grow older, we just say it in different ways. And we act upon it. And we do more and more and more to ruin the relationship that God will have with us. That's what we call sin. Not everybody likes to use that word because that's kind of a, it's an ugly, dirty word. And a lot of times we want to look at each other and say, well, maybe I'm bad, but I'm better than him. Because he's done this and we can, we can list all the reasons that, that we should be just a little bit better. As if somehow pushing them down brings us higher, but it doesn't. It's like quicksand. The more we push, the more we sink. Somehow we think that if somehow we can compare ourselves to someone worse, that that justifies us. But that's not how it works. We pay, we owed the debt. He didn't owe it. We did. And we couldn't pay it. But thankfully, there is a God in heaven who loved us enough that not only did he know that we owed the debt and we owed the debt to him, that he paid it for us. I want us to look this morning at the book of Colossians, chapter two, verse 13. Starting off there, you were dead in your sins because your sinful nature was not yet cut away. Not yet cut away. Can any of you relate to that? You remember that time? I'll tell you, still inside, I'm feeling it. I'm feeling the responsibility for what I've done. I hope you this morning are feeling that as well. And you realize and know the fact that you've done that. I have a good friend. He, he has a way with words and sayings. And it seems like any time that he can, he can see God in a situation, he'll say, look at God. Something will be going on and then he'll just say, look at God. And it reminds me that our God is a God who comes at the last moment, at the right moment. And he comes and he does what we could not do. And he'll say, look at God. Can you say that with me this morning? Let's say one, two, look at God. Can we look at what he did? Look at this next verse. It's amazing to me. Then God made you alive with Christ. For he forgave most of our sins. Can we try that again? Then God made you alive with Christ because he forgave the worst of our sins. You know what? Look at God. Look at him. Because he did what we could not do and we needed it so desperately. He forgave, say it with me, all our sins. 
Now, maybe you're sitting here today and you're not feeling that because there may be some residual guilt there. Or maybe you haven't asked him. Or maybe as you were watching this display this morning in, in video, in drama, in song, maybe as you were doing that, the Holy Spirit is doing his job and he's convicting you about something. And you're thinking, man, there's something there. I'm feeling some guilt right now. You need to know that, look at God. He's so good. He's so good to us. He forgave all of our sin. Not only that, verse 14 starts to give me even more chills. It says, he canceled the record of the charges against us and took it away by nailing it to the cross. He did that for us. Look at God. Look at him. Look at what he does. He takes our wrongs and then he takes it on himself and he nails it to the cross. Now, for the last few weeks, starting with, with, with Brother Jeff Wilkie and then Pastor has talked about the fact that most of us have sinned that we have suppressed and we have just not dealt with. And because of that, we carry in us, remember how Pastor termed it, buttons? Things that will set us off because they're, they're, they're just sin that we have not dealt with. And we give, our, we give place to the devil in our lives that ultimately causes depression or causes anger or problems in our marriages and things we can't always put a finger upon. And we've, we've had opportunity week after week in the last few weeks to be able to come and deal with that and make it right. I want to show you what, look at God. Look at what he did for us. He nailed those sins to the cross. And then look at verse 15. In this way, he disarmed the spiritual rulers and authorities. He disarmed them. They have no power over you anymore. Not only that, and this I love. I love when the Bible just puts it right out there. He shamed them. Not you, them. Your sin isn't there for you to be shamed any longer. When he forgives it, he nails it to the cross and is gone forever. And when he does that, those principalities and powers that once had power over you and control over you, not only are they nailed to the cross, but guess what? He has shamed them by his victory over the cross. Man, look at God. Look at what he does. He does what we could never do. Look at him. Amazing. Verse 20. You have now died with Christ and he has set you free from the spiritual powers of this world. Who needs to be set free? Who here has been set free? Do you feel that this morning? Do you realize how free you are inside? Not because of anything we have done. Not because you're better than the person sitting next to you. None of that. But instead, it's because Christ, the sinless person, the man God, the one who came to earth and lived sinless, he took our sin on the cross, nailed it to the cross, controlled all those principalities and powers that once had power over you. I don't know about you, but that makes me excited inside. A few minutes ago, I was feeling really emotional and guilty. But now that I'm thinking this through and I'm working that through with you and I'm thinking about what Christ did for me, now I feel excited. I feel a little lighter in my step because I know that it's no longer me inside. I don't have to do this. I don't have to make this right. I could never make it right. Even if it was up to me, I couldn't make it happen. I could never live this perfect. And our God knows that. And so what he does is he takes our sin, nails it to the cross, and gives us the freedom that we could never get on our own, ever, over all powers. Love that song. All powers, all of our buttons, all of these things. We have hope now because of what he did. I remember as a young child growing up in church, I can never understand why it's Good Friday. How could this be good? Right? I mean, Good Friday is coming up. Christ is nailed to the cross on Good Friday. How can that be good? How could it be good? You know why it's good? 
Because when that happened, all those sins that we have been carrying around have been weighting us down. All those buttons, those repressed things that we've allowed to be inside of us and give the enemy a foothold into our life. All of those things are now nailed to the cross and put to shame. That is freedom. Is that good? Can I hear you a little louder? I mean, how good is it? Oh, I think it's really, really good. <laughs> uh, Hillsong United just came out with a new album. Does anybody know what that is? It's called Aftermath. And uh, this last week, Nicole was telling me about it, and we listened to it last night. The, on Caleb, they did an interview with the, uh, the guy behind it all. And he talked about that name, Aftermath. I want us to think about this for a minute. Whenever there's a big natural disaster, there's always an aftermath, right? Man, and we've seen a lot of them recently in our world that are just horrendous. You know, the earthquakes and then the, the resulting tsunami and then the nuclear disaster, all these things going on in Japan. I mean, the incredible loss of life. And if you've been paying attention to the news, normally we're dodging tornadoes, but they're happening, you know, on the southeast. And the, I mean, it's, it's tremendous. I, I just read this morning, almost 50 people have died. There's an aftermath. Usually, the aftermath is horrible. And I don't, think of, I don't think any of us could think of anything more horrible than the Son of God being crucified to a, cry, to a cross, right? But think about that aftermath. Their album talks about the aftermath of that horrible event is actually the best thing that could possibly happen in, to humanity. I want to read you some of their lyrics real quickly. Lyrics from that song. Here's just one line from the song. It says, freedom found in your scars. In your grace, my life redeemed. For you chose to take the sinner's crown as you placed your crown on me. Not only did Christ remove those sins from us and he put all those to shame and take that from us. Let's look really quickly at what John 16, says. I have told you all this so that you may have peace in me. Here on earth, you will have many trials and sorrows, but take heart because I have overcome the world. I have overcome the world. You know what that means? Because he has overcome the world, now we can overcome the world. And again, it's not in our own strength, it's in the strength that he gives to us. Here's what I'd like to do for a minute. I'd like you to shut your eyes just for a second. I remember the day that I was set free. I remember that day. I feel in my spirit there's someone here today that you've come into this church and you need to be set free today. After everything you've seen, maybe you never thought about it this way. Maybe you never thought that you needed this. Maybe you never realized that there was a God in heaven who loved you enough to pay the price for your sin and to literally take your place on a cross. And now you know that. I'm wondering if there's anybody in this room this morning that would raise your hand and say, I need that for myself. I need to be free. Anybody, would you just raise your hand right now? I'm seeing a couple hands. I'm going to give you another chance to do this. I want you to keep your eyes closed for a minute. I remember that day because I remember what it felt like. I remember being in church and I remember hearing a preacher preach and it was almost like the words were kind of passing over my ears and my head, but inside there was a tightness and a burning that I couldn't ignore. And if you're feeling that this morning, I just want you to understand that's God pulling on you and saying, child, I want a relationship with you and this is how it starts. You need to be free. What I did for you on the cross, you need to accept that 
and apply it to your life. Anybody else want to raise your hand and you're feeling that this morning? Just raise your hand really quickly. All right, let's all, thank you for the hand. Let's all stand up, please, together. What we're going to do in a minute is I'm going to open up these altars for you. There have been a few people who've raised their hands, and we're going to all pray together with that. But I feel like this. I know that as Christians, there's times where we go through our lives, and there's still undone business, unfinished business that we need to take care of as Christians. And if you're feeling that here this morning, and maybe you're feeling a little bit of guilt or pressure yourself, and you know that you want to come to this altar and either thank God for what he's done or put some of those things on the cross. Maybe you've been holding on to them a little bit. Maybe in this whole series, there have been some things that God has revealed to you that you need to let go of and you need victory in, but you haven't quite got that yet, but you want to take care of it this morning. We want to give you a chance to do that. So as you're standing now, I just want you to bow your heads. And this is especially for those of you who raised your hands. I want to pray a prayer with you, and I'd like you to repeat after me. This prayer is not a formula. It's not magic. Basically, all we're going to do is tell God that we're sorry for the things that we've done wrong. We're going to tell him that we believe in him and we trust him and we want his forgiveness to wash over us. So I want everybody in the room to repeat after me, but especially those of you who raised your hands, I'd like you to repeat after me. Father, we are so sorry for the things that we've done that were wrong. I know that you paid the whole price for my sin. And I want that price applied to me. Take my sin away. Help me to live brand new. I want a brand new life. I want you and your son in me. I accept your forgiveness this morning. Amen. With your head still bowed and your eyes closed, I'm just wondering if any of us who've been, been with Christ has some things that we need to clear up. And if that is the case, I just want you to make your way to the altar as we worship together. Praise your name, Jesus.